Sportsonians, how's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Agliolaro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone, recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I ninety five Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. We'll be joined by Eric Tressler in a matter of moments, and we have Dave Hastings here tonight. Dave, how you doing? I'm just glad to know you're okay, my friend. You were getting me worried. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm no. sorry. I'm just glad to know you're okay. Yeah, I was there. I was ready, and then I got Eric calling me, and it's seven eighteen. So my fault. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's um, let's get started. Though Eric should be here in a couple minutes um, or less. But let's start with some basketball here. Obviously, we have the semifinals that have finished. We are in the NBA Finals right now. <clears throat> Clippers losing seven games, so now we have the or excuse me, the Clippers won in seven games, so they are taking on the Phoenix Suns. I believe the Suns are up one nothing in that series, but the bigger story is definitely coming out of the Eastern Conference. Nets losing game seven. Kevin Durant almost single handedly puts the Nets on his back, but unfortunately he's not able to finish that final jumper in overtime, and the Bucks win that series, and the Hawks have surprised the hell out of everybody. They beat the Philadelphia 76ers in seven games, and now your Eastern Conference final matchup is the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Milwaukee Bucks, and Eric Tressler is here tonight. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Sorry. All right, but anyway, let's keep going with the, the basketball. I just set the stage for where we're at in the conference finals. Eric, why don't you start? What did you think of the semifinals? Uh, yeah, listen, I, I think it's stupid. People are like, oh, Durant's the greatest in the world. Dude, he's been one of the best in the world. Like, yeah, arguably mm-hmm. one of the best in the world. Any one of these past bunch of years, he's, he's a great player. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he failed. <laughs> he failed. Like, and he had Harden on the court, and maybe Harden wasn't 100%, but – that's what they decided to roll with, and they, you know, it, listen, they got bit by the injury bug, unfortunately, when Kyrie got went down, and Harden just wasn't healthy. So I think it's a wasted year for the Nets. I think that another wasted year could be next year if these guys don't get on the court, stay on the court, and actually get some continuity. But, yeah, no, crap. Uh, otherwise, I mean, it was uh, – don't really have anything to say about the Philly Atlanta series other than I guess Ben Simmons is really taking a step back from when he should be taking it, taking a step up and his free free throw shooting is just what points out glaringly at 34 point, whatever percent. I mean, to be at 34% free throw shooting for an NBA player is beyond a tour. That That's below Shaquille O'Neal level. Like that is, that is fucking atrocious. So, mm-hmm. I mean, until Somebody fixes that. And I think the only thing that fixes that is him in a gym just shooting foul shots nonstop until he starts hitting him. Like, what, like practice. Like, I don't understand. That is something you can actually practice at. Like, I don't, you, there's, to me, there's zero excuse to shoot 34% from the free throw line at that, at that level of, of basketball. I, I don't know. That's just me. As far as the West goes, um, I much preferred if Kawhi got knocked out last round, but. But hopefully he gets knocked out this round and then wants to leave the Clippers. That's, that's just what I'm kind of hoping. <laughs> so, so I'm going to roll with that. I'd like to see CP3 get in the, the, the finals and see what he can do. But also, I think it's kind of stupid. He's going through all this protocol when LeBron didn't have to go through it. And I just, I don't know, double standard there some ways, somehow. So just think it's weird. But either way, that's kind of what I think. I don't know much about these series other than, again, I'm, I'm picking the Suns. And uh, I guess in the, the Bucks, I give me the Bucks. I, I just – I don't think Trey Young could keep doing it and Clint Cabello. They're having a great run right now, but it's got to end at some point. And probably against the Bucks, it's time for uh, the Greek freak to get a shot at, at, at a final. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I am. Yeah. Dave, what do you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I think 
Philly as a whole needs to really kind of figure out what they what their future is, whether it's I, I mean Ben Simmons, like Eric said, I'm sorry, but like I have no right playing in an NBA game, but I even in the playoffs could shoot higher than 30% from a free throw line. I'm not athletic enough, I'm not good enough, but I I played more than my share of basketball in my life and I never shot like no. That that is inexcusable. It, it's and I think Eric said it best. Like that's that's worse than Shaq. And if that's the yeah. case, like you are talking some really, really embarrassing, uh, a really embarrassing situation. So I literally just, the, the the hack a shack like you literally he was the worst at it. That's why you hacked him and got him to the free throw line because it was better than dunking in your face. Yeah, it, it just it's uh, it's unjustifiable. Why a right-handed player shoots left-handed also makes no freaking sense to me. But I, I ben, ben Simmons need I don't know he should go see a sports therapist. Like that's the kind of help he needs in my opinion. So, um, but like. Philly, you need to be disappointed in yourself. You had more talent than Atlanta, and Atlanta just was better than you um, when it mattered the most. Um, Looking at the Western Conference, like, the Clippers really got lucky Paul George actually played like Paul George and not, you know, what we've seen recently. So, um, Not play Paul George? He played like yeah. he played like regular season Paul George and not playoff Paul George. Exactly. So I just I think that you know that's huge for them and you know good for them. But um, you know, looking at these series, uh, the Clippers and Suns. I don't know. I I think the Suns are just on a special run this year, um, and, and I think that they're going to end up taking that series. I think Devin Booker is a guy that. You know, a couple of years from now, we may be looking at as the best player in the entire league, if not just a year from now. Um, that kid's something special. I'd love to see CP3 get a chance at a title. And and if I'm it, looking at the East, I mean, Brooklyn, like that's injuries got them. And there's no other way to put it. I think if they were healthy, they'd be the better team and they would have won that series. But um, that's not how it unfolded. So. You know, it is what it is. It's part of sports, and it's it's not something you'll, you're ever going to get rid of in the world of sports. So you got to just kind of roll with it and accept it. And and they weren't able to, you know, I, the one kid on their got, team, I can't remember his name. He led the league, or he was top, like, five in the league in three-point percentage, and he shot something like three of Oh, uh, like, Joe three. Harris? Um, I, I honestly can't remember off the nets like that, that kid yeah, just yeah. completely laid an egg in the playoffs and didn't carry his weight. Um, so that's another factor for them. Like their, their, their role players did not step up at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, looking at Atlanta and Milwaukee, if Milwaukee loses to Atlanta, like, like, like Atlanta, Atlanta right now to me is the NBA's version of the, NCAA tournament Cinderella story. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and good for them. Trey Young is putting his fucking name out there to let it be known. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're going to get a decent series. I don't think Atlanta's just going to roll over. I think Milwaukee has enough weaknesses that there, there'll be games that Atlanta can win, but I do think Milwaukee wins. I'm hoping Phoenix wins, but I, I, if Kawhi comes back, I really could see that series going either way. Um, but I, I got to ask both of you, and this was honestly the only thing NBA I actually like genuinely was interested to hear, um, is for the two of you as Knicks fans – do we feel better than we did a couple weeks ago when the Knicks lost the series 4-1 to Atlanta with them actually moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals? Or do we feel worse because you believe that maybe the Knicks could have did the same to Philly and advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals? So I'm dying to hear what you two think. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. 
I mean, Mike, I, I, mean, I feel like me and Eric started. Uh, you, wait, you there's a there's an... and pass it over to us. I think yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think on that one. But Eric, Eric, what are you saying? I was just saying that there was one extra layer you got to add to that, though, Mike or uh, to Dave, is that it's not just that the Hawks went on to face the Sixers and what they did to the Sixers. They had to get through. Um, there's a team before the Sixers. It wasn't the Knicks, was it? No, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. It was the Knicks really? and the Sixers. Uh, yeah, that that's the semi. Right. That was I mean, the semi Never mind. Yeah, never. it feels like it's been longer. I'll give you that. It definitely it feels it like feels it's been like longer. It's been yeah. forever. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't feel bad about it. But that's just me. I'll let Mike go. I mean, it's interest. It, it's an interesting thought. Like, I guess in some respects, you have to feel better because you're losing to the team that has kind of shocked the world. Nobody thought they'd make it this. Nobody thought they'd make it to the second round, let alone the conference finals. But Dave, the the idea that the Knicks could have done the same thing. I mean, I remember a few months ago saying that thinking the Knicks were going to get out of the first round, it all but guaranteed. And thinking if the Knicks played the Bucks in the second round, thinking that they had a legitimate shot, giving that the Bucks really hadn't shown that much in terms of being able to finish or live up to their hype or anything like that. So that's an interesting point right there. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm going to apologize if I'm not really taking a stance one way or another. I see points on both sides. I think it, it, it just so sucks that they side, lost though, the way they way did. Does it, which way does the scale lean, though? Yeah, come on, Mike. You, you, I, uh, I mean, gun, gun to your head, you got to have an opinion on this one. I'm going to go. Yes, I'm, some opinions. You can't be a Oh, stop, stop. You can't stop. give us both sides. I know you can give us both sides, but then you got to pick one of them. I don't mind you giving us both sides, showing us both angles, but then you got to pick one. I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to let that go. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, all right. I'll stick with my original point. I'll say it feels a little better just because you lost to the team that nobody gave a snowball's chance in hell to of doing anything this playoffs, and now they're one, they're seven games away from being in the NBA Finals. So I'll say it makes you feel a little better. You're 100% right, Mike. That's what I was waiting for you to say. You are 100% right there. It's got to make you feel better. Because this Nick team had zero expectations. 21-22 win team, Vegas picking them at, winning 41 games, getting a home playoff round. I mean, this is ridiculous. Way above their head, way above what they were supposed to do this year. Hopefully great building blocks for the future. But the fact that they did play Atlanta 4-1, but a couple of those games were tough games too. So, I mean, it was 4-1, but I feel like it was a tough 4-1 series, um, you know, for, for a few games there. So, I, I look at it as uh, like you do. Is that it's it's a good thing. Like it, it, you feel good about it as a Knicks fan because you're like, wow, we were you know played above our pay grade this year. Hopefully next year we come in even better, and then you know we'll see what we can do. Trey Young and, and Clint Capella and those guys. How do you spell? How do you pronounce? Howder? How? What? Um, uh, I don't oh, know Herter? Herter? Kevin Herter? Herter. Yeah. There you go. See, I didn't know how to pronounce it. So, I mean, he <laughs> he played he played great too. So, I mean, um, what they're doing right now is kind of kind of crazy. I don't think they're going to get past the Bucks, but um, yeah, that's just me. So, yeah, no, but I think you're 100 percent right, Mike. Nick fans should feel good about this. They shouldn't feel bad, like, oh man, we if, if only we would have got past them, we would have got you know we could have beat the Sixers. We have a bullshit. You know, we were lucky to be where we were this year. Take it as a building block, enjoy it, and hey, maybe even root on Atlanta and be like, hey, listen, this is we lost to a team that made it to the finals. You know, mm -hmm. um, they're, yep. they're at least saying they lost to a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I mean, it's something to be said. So yeah, I look at it as a positive. Dave, what do they, you think? Well, let me just say one thing. Isn't there like an old adage or something that says if you're going to lose, you want to lose to the team that wins it all because at least you lost to a champion or something like that. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? That's how I've always felt. Yeah. Go ahead, like, Dave. That, that was literally the only, like, and I, I fucking hate having to mention it. But, Eric, please enjoy it as I make this statement. I genuinely have always been able to find a silver lining in the 07 playoff loss for Dallas to the Giants. Because if you think of the teams the Giants were able to beat – in that playoff run, like it's it, it, you feel a hell of a lot better thinking about the fact that like you just 
lost, your team lost to a team that was meant to go do this. And yeah, that, so yeah, I, I always feel better with the idea of losing to a team that wins it all or at least goes on a run and surprises people. They've lost so many times in the playoffs that teams that didn't do anything. I don't know how much of a solace that one really is, especially with T.O. crying in the press coverage. That's my quarterback, and that's all we have to think about after that. So I I get your point, but uh, I don't know if I can come with you on that one. Let me say one thing real quick, though, uh, about the the Philadelphia and the Ben Simmons. You guys talked about how bad he was with the free throw percentage. You can count on one hand the number of guys – who have been terrible at the free throw uh, line, but, you know, pretty big stars over the last 20 years. You guys mentioned Shaq, Blake Griffin when he was hot, Dwight Howard when he was hot. Ben Simmons, I think the difference between them and him, at many times during this series, he seemed almost afraid to shoot the ball. Like, wasn't there one time where he had, like, a clear dunk and he just passes the ball away or something? Yeah, game seven with the game on the line. He was literally within three feet of the hoop and could have yeah. went up with a reverse layup and instead kicked it out instead of taking the shot. Yeah, I mean, Doc Rivers can says can say we're going to work with him this offseason on his shooting all, all you want. But at this point, it's in the guy's head. And when something like that is in the guy's head, I don't know how you change because it's not just – what he does on the court, it's a mentality now. And I don't know how you Changes get around scenery. that one. Yeah, that's how you get around it. The only way the only thing that's gonna help him is is a change. He needs a drastic change, change of scenery. He but does that actually, help his game? Does that help his game? I think though? it because could because he can get out somewhere if he can, you know I think it could, depending on where he would land. So he may have a little less pressure on him, a little more time to do you know rediscover you know himself as a basketball player and, and come out stronger on the other side I, I don't think I think he's got a world of talent I think he's just scared <laughs> to use it he, he seems scared on the court he plays yeah I, I don't know like <laughs> passing up that shot just seemed like such a scared move like he I, I don't want the responsibility well you at, at some time you're gonna have to take on that responsibility if you want to be great and that's going to be up to him to do, but I think I don't think there's a chance he's going to do it in Philly. I think there's too many critics already. I think there's too many people on him already, and you can try to work with him. You can try to do whatever, but I don't think it's going to work. I think he needs that change of scenery in order to get the best out of him in the future. Mm, fair so enough. real real quick, Mike, just to jump in, two things off of what Eric just said. The, the one is if you actually look at his resume since he's been in the NBA, he's made an all-NBA third team. He's made all-defensive. He's made uh, – he was in the running for Rookie of the Year. He's done this. He's done that. Like, his resume is very impressive. Yeah. Simultaneously, I did – I heard um, – I want to say it was Kendrick Perkins on ESPN, and honestly, at this point, I really try to avoid them, but I thought he made a good point, <laughs> is that Ben Simmons might benefit – like, his career in the long term could really benefit if he went to a small market team. Like Minnesota was one of the names that he threw mm, out. I could say and, that, and I think it really kind of ties into what Eric's saying is just the fact that like nobody's denying the fact that the guy can be really, really great. But at this point, like Philly, Philly is a no nonsense team. I mean, think about how like to me, I always think about how they treated Donovan McNabb. That man got them to a Super Bowl, five NFC championship games, did all these things, and then all of a sudden he starts having a couple of bad games and, like, get them off our team. So Philly's a no-nonsense city. They do not they do not have patience. They will not accept excuses, and it's just one of those cities for their sports. That's how they – that's just how they roll. And, and I, I think a change of scenery for him really mentally gives him a break going to, like, a smaller market team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The small market team, that's that's a good idea. I could see that definitely having effect. At this point, I, I don't know, though, because I feel like the mental aspect is so important. Sometimes you see things like this happen to a player and they just never get over it. I hope that's not the case for a guy like Simmons because, like you guys said, very talented player. We've definitely seen a lot of bright spots for him. He's He's got him. He's got to do something quickly, though. Otherwise, you know, this is his stigma. 
But let's keep going here. We I, Very quickly, I want to mention the N- NBA draft is tonight. It's going to start a little under an hour here. I believe the four teams with the highest odds. We just pull it up here. The Rockets, Rockets, Pistons, and Magic all have a 14% chance of getting the number one pick. Thunder are next. Uh, excuse me, the Thunder and the Cavaliers are next with 11.5% chance of winning. You guys want to put predictions? Who gets the number one pick? I think it's going to be Houston. I just pray Chicago gets a top four. They've gotten the number seven pick three years in a row. I'm mm. for top four so that they don't have to give up the pick. Yeah. Eric, what do you say? Uh, I have no idea. I, I, I got to be honest. Don't have much of an opinion. I, I'll say Houston. I'll say Houston because they got NBA's got to do something to help them rebuild. Otherwise, they're going to be trash for years. And uh, I just think it, they'll probably get it. I'll tell you this right now. We always hear the stories about the NBA draft being rigged, going all the way back to the Knicks in 85, the Ewing draft. If the Warriors, who have the worst chance of getting the first overall pick with a 0.5% chance, they're uh, number 14. If they get that first overall draft pick, Expect to hear the rigged chance come back. Expect but to again, hear it. I want to ask you guys, who have you heard about that? Like, you'd be like, oh, my God, like, I, they, you know, the number one pick is so special this year. I was going to ask you that, actually, because I, I didn't nobody, read the full there's article. There's nobody out there that's game changing. Like I've was, heard you know, people say this. Is, I've heard people say this could be an historic NBA draft, though. I don't know if that's true or not. You tell me. No. It's, it's the same bullshit they feed you in the NFL draft. Oh, my God. This is going to be the greatest quarterback class ever. And goodness, Raffle. None of it matters. No, it's all garbage. It's all hype. It's all bullshit, I'll, and it's bad honest, for I don't you. See, I do not see a LeBron James. I do not see a Kevin Durant. I do not see that caliber player in this draft. Mm. I don't know if I see a CP3 level player in this draft. All right. What about a Deron Williams level player? Because he was in CP3's draft. Yeah, probably him because he's not even in the NBA. I'm sure you can find a whole bunch of those guys in this draft. Remember back in the day, the debates, who was the better point guard, Deron Williams and Chris Paul? God, we we noticed who won that one. We found the answer there. Deron Dave. had a couple of good seasons. That's about it. You yeah. Know, and he was fizzled out. I liked Deron myself when he was in the league, but unfortunately the injuries – Andrews. Uh, Dave, what do you say? Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I, I really don't know of any names coming out of this draft that are um, legit like, hey, this guy's going to change a, a franchise around uh, players. So, I, I just personally would love, you know, I, I don't know. It, I, I just would prefer the Bulls to be able to get better. So, <laughs> that's mm. you got to hope there's somebody that's at least good you know, even if it's a European player, like, sure, just give me somebody to make the team better, please. All right, fair enough. Um, I- I'm sure it's my fault. I'm sure he had other things to do, but I've noticed no Larry Schmelrose tonight, which kind of sucks. But I figure we should give at least. Well, hang on, I want to before we even give it before we even get into hockey. Let's just run through baseball real quick and see, and then see if Schmelrose jumps on with us. Um, we could always okay. shoot him a text too and you okay. know, tell him that, say, Hey, listen, we're going to run through baseball real quick and then save hockey. If you want to jump on. Um, okay. All right. You don't, you don't get this. You don't get to start talking about Yankees till I get my thank you. What do you mean? Thank you for what? You know exactly what I said the whole thing last week. You you didn't play along with it last I week, listen, of course, because you I'm don't try, play I'm along to with stuff. Play along with it. I don't know what you're talking about. Where were Yankees you know, go five and one after I come on the air last year, say the call and call the Yankees garbage, and I go along with the whole thing. Yankees went five and one last week. The Mets have lost two, uh, five of their last seven. You're welcome. You're welcome. Somehow you're still in first, though, which is shocking. Yeah, it is amazing. It, it is amazing. We've gone eleven and ten in the month of Phil, in the month of June. We are eleven and ten for, for some strange reason. Yeah. And technically, we've played more games than you so far. Sure. Uh, um, but you guys do have a better record still, so I'll give mm-hmm. you that for right now. You guys still do have a better record. Um, but at the same time, if you were an artist, Dave, you see how he's sidestepping the thank you. You see, you see how he's sidestepping that. You see what he's doing? I'm a 
appreciative. <laughs> I am very appreciative. Because, you know, yeah. listen, sometimes we all need a little bit of that mm. karma coming our way. So, I mean, sure. I, I appreciate that. So, thank you. No, oh, okay. Thank you. You're, you're welcome, right. sir. You're welcome. So, do you want to? I, I got to be honest. The one thing I don't really want to get into too much, um, and I hope you're okay with it, is more of this spider tack nonsense because really they're checking the ball players now. It is what it is. The ball players have agreed to it. I know DeGrom happened to be the very first pitcher that got pulled for it um, mm -hmm. and, and, was, and was checked. But I think that was just from, from hearing some things, it seems like that was just circumstance because they happened to play a five o'clock game that day. Where yeah. if they were on the West Coast playing San Diego, they would have been the last game of the day, so he wouldn't have been the first. So it was really just a circumstance thing, not necessarily picking on him. And they are well, checking, I think, every pitcher that comes out. Sure. So, or so but here's right now, so, here's my yeah. thing about that. Here's my thing about that. First of all, I'm not going to stand here and say I feel vindicated by the fact that Degrom was cleared and everything because I listen. I am on the record, Degrom. In my opinion, not using any of that nonsense. But here's the thing: Do they honestly think they're catching someone with this? With the fact that there was no, a two-week buildup? Because the, the first guy who, I'm sorry, they're just let me making just say, a spectacle of it. They're just yeah. making a spectacle of it. Nobody, nobody wants to be the first guy who gets caught because that guy is going to look like the dumbest motherfucker on the face of the planet. So they're well, not catching anybody. Especially when you're here. checking everybody, because there's yeah. zero incentive for anybody to risk it. They know they're getting checked. If you kept it more random. You might find a guy who's willing to try to roll the dice and take the risk. You're not going to find a guy. You're literally telling him we're testing it. We're, we're checking every pitcher coming out. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing I heard, and it's a great point, and I really had we haven't really brought it up, is you can't really just check the pitcher. You got to check the catcher too. Oh, from what I heard, they're going to. So I'm got, sorry. He touches the ball almost as much. So, I mean, throws the ball back to the pitcher. By the time he gets the ball from the ump, throws it back to the pitcher, he could have loaded up with, that, with some of that crap. So, I mean, you got to kind of check the, the catchers, too. Sure. Well, from what I heard, they're going to be checking teammates because it's not just the catcher. Apparently, like second baseman can have something on them and they just give it to him real quick or something, you know. So I do think they're going to be checking other teammates. Now, that might not be as frequently, which you go to your point, and that would be a mistake. Can I say one thing right now? I mentioned this in our group text the other day. Garrett Cole, whoever keeps letting him talk in the Yankees PR department, needs to be fired right now because I'm sorry. He's making everybody look bad with this shit. Oh, it's really hard to grip a baseball. Oh, it's really, gosh, golly gee, it's really, nobody knows how hard it is to grip a baseball. You sound like a whiny bitch. Eric, I'm going to steal a couple of your lines here. You sound like a whiny goddamn baby. You really do. If you've gotten this far in your life and you can't grip a baseball without using stuff that's made for weightlifters, gripping Atlas stones, you shouldn't be in the major leagues. And I'm not even saying Garrett Cole is going to take you. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying you sound terrible and you're making your fellow pitchers look even worse by the yeah, idea. We can do a job. Spin rate hasn't dropped. Nothing's dropped for him. He hasn't I, that's why I'm not. I'm talking about the appearance here. I'm not talking about his actual ah. performance. I'm talking about the appearance with that interview that he gave last week. He sounded like a whiny bitch. Regardless, though, he's pitching without it and still pitching great. He's pitching tonight, too. So, I mean, sure. I have no problem with it. If he can still pitch to the same level without it, I have zero issue with it. He wants to you don't, You didn't have a problem with that soundbite, really? <sighs> I mean, again, as long as he's still pitching the same without it, I'm okay with whatever he wants to do there. I just want to point out that you were the guy a few weeks ago when we were talking about the shift, saying that if you're a major league player and you can't hit out of the shift, you can't hit the other way, you shouldn't be in the but major again, leagues. All I'm saying is it's kind of the same principle. Yes, but if you think about it, you need sticky shit in, in baseball for everything. What do you think they use? They use rosin and everything else for bats. So There's a difference. The, the, There's again, a different difference so that they can hold on to the bat and so that they can hold on to the ball. It's the same. No, thing. I'm saying but there's a difference. I'm sorry. I'm just saying there's a difference between your rosins and your sunscreens and going out and buying shit like spider tack, no, which is an epoxy the spray, the, the spray sticky shit. They put on the bats. Batters use batting gloves and everything else to get a better grip. They use the same advantage on their side. 
But I'm not again, again, it's policed out now. And and yes, Derek Cole had his say, but he's not gonna win the battle on this one, unfortunately. So he hasn't really said anything since then, but you know the New York media, they're gonna pick and chew at it because it's the only storyline they got on the guy right now. He's still pitching really well. Not pitching DeGrom level well, who's pitching, I mean, at levels not. He's insane. Ever. He's insane. But insane, can I say one uh, thing? 0.5 ERA. But I mean, yeah. at the same time, Cole is pitching really well this season. So I don't have a problem with what's going on. He stopped using the shit. He had his say. He lost the battle. We're moving on. All right. I'll tell you this, though. And I don't know how you feel about this. And we're going to get off this because I, I do see Schmell well, Rose is here. We're gonna... We can throw it to him and see if he's got an opinion. I know Dave's well, not always into the baseball talk, but this time a universal with the fucking shit here. Well, I wanted to say something that wasn't about this. But, yeah, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, whatever makes the game more entertaining, that's what I'm here for. So, uh, I really no doubt. The answer side. Mm. Um, well, let me Eric, ask you, is it more entertaining to watch a pitcher have 15 strikeouts in a game, or is it more entertaining to see a 7-6 ball game where the pitcher may only have seven Ks? Uh, the latter. There you go. That's why they're st- That's why they're trying to get the spider attack out of the game. That's why they're trying to get the sticky shit out of the game. Mm. Well, I, I I can't argue with that, but I want to talk about the Grom real quick because, you know, last week he had another start where he only pitched the three innings. Um, they took him out. He was feeling shoulder soreness. And then he started him again last night. And my opinion, he should not have been starting that game last night. Like, this is a rough stretch for the Mets. So I get that you want him to start. In my opinion, like, he said that he felt that he did something when he was swinging the bat, and that's what caused the soreness. You you have to let him sh- skip a start, in my opinion. He is too valuable. And if this team is really going to be in this for the whole season, and at this point, I'm still saying if on that. I'm still hedging my bets there. If he's really going to be in it, you have to think a little long-term here. And you have to be willing to pull back and say, dude, what you're doing is amazing. But we need you in September and, God willing, October. You miss a start or two now. Yes, this is a bad stretch to do it in, but three times in the last month, the guy has has left the start early because of some sort of soreness. He's obviously trying to do too much, and someone should have stepped in and be like, you got to miss a start. You're not going this time. So I'm a little worried about that. He pitched five innings yesterday. He got the win. He's got seven wins on the season, which is pretty good for a guy who couldn't buy, who couldn't unfortunately buy a win, no matter how great he was pitching. But he got that. I thought it was a mistake to pitch him. McNeil is back, and Fordo is supposed to be back soon. And yeah, just hopefully things go all right. Anyway, we'll move on. Eric, do you got any comments on that one? No, I'm interested. Listen, would you just... would you have held him out? Would you have held him out? I... I, if I'm going to hold him out, I'm probably going to hold him out a couple starts and wait till he's right. Sure. Rather than trying to just like piecemeal him together. But at the same time, I mean, he's having a great year. So if you want to try to limp him through this way, since he's pitching so great and, you know, only pitching five, six innings max a game, uh, you know, maybe that's what you do. I, I don't know. It's a weird kind of thing because of how well he's pitching, even though, you know, he's kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just yeah it's kind of weird yeah so I'm I'm not sure how I would necessarily um approach it like I uh, it's so weird mm. so weird um, you know it sucks yeah, I point, go ahead point five ERA but the thing is is that like if you look at him and I'm I'm trying to remember and this is what's kind of got me stumped right now and I'm sure you can help me. The, the, the gold standard of ERA, 1.12 for a season. Who had Bob that? Gibson. Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson, that's it. So mm. he he's, I mean, uh, less or, you know, more than half. Oh, my God. Like, that's ridiculous. Mm. But the only thing is, like, if you go back and look at the innings pitch, like, Gibson pitched so many more innings. Like, over the course of the first, like, 11 games or 12 games, he pitched, like, I think, like, twice as many innings as DeGrom. In his first like twelve starts, so I mean it's like it's it's weird because like he threw complete games. He threw one game that was twelve. He threw twelve and a third innings one game. 
You know what I mean? Like he he threw he threw innings that like Degrom will never see. So at the same time, like it's it, definitely it, on par with what Gibson's doing. Um, I just think it would still be a debate on whose whose season would be the greatest. Well, I mean, and I don't think you're indicting him. That's more I, okay. Three hundred and four innings pitched that season and thirty four starts. So I mean, you're correct on that. Uh, Twenty eight complete games. 13 shutouts. I'm looking at the numbers right now. Yeah. That's, I think, more of an indictment of where we're at as a league. I don't think you're necessarily trying to indict DeGrom on that one because he does have a complete game pitch this season. He does have one of those. They actually let him finish a game. I mean, that's unfortunately, that's just where the game has progressed right now, though. Oh, you know I, I agree. I, I, don't, get, I, don't I get it. I get it. But... For that. I, yeah, I don't knock yeah. DeGrom for that because, again, Every pitcher in baseball is like that. Everybody's sure, on a pitch sure, count, and nobody sure. goes that many games. That's why, to me, it was absolutely shocking that J- uh, Al Leiter's kid, p- who pitches for Vanderbilt and is, who's probably going to be the number one or number two overall pick in the ma- Major League Baseball draft, unbelievable mm-hmm. pitcher from Vanderbilt, threw 123 pitches the other day in a College World Series loss. Yeah, he lost. So he gave um, up a home run to, to lose the game. But at the same time, how is that? How, like you never see that. So I want to know, kind of, how is he allowed to even throw 123 pitches? Because that's that, that's a number that's almost unheard of nowadays. Like so, I mean, yeah, it's it, Degrom will never hit that number again ever in his career. <laughs> well, he got he got like 110, 115 in that complete game, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, it's not what yeah. you're saying, but you know. It, it, it happens Jack occasionally. Later is, I think, his kid's name. Yeah, no, you're it's right Jack. on that. You, I, We, we got to wrap up here because Shmel Rose is waiting. But anyway, um, you look at these numbers from 1968 to 1970. Bob Gibson pitched 34, 35, and 34 games, 28 complete games, 28 complete games, 23 complete games. You're never going to see that again. That's never oh, going to no. happen again. That's insane. Nope. That is over 900 innings pitched in three seasons. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know what makes me sad, though? The fact that the Yankees drafted Jack Leiter, and then he went to Vanderbilt. So now he's going to be back in this draft, and now they're, they have no chance of getting him. Well, you know, who else they, you know who else they drafted at one point before he went into college, right? Who's that? Gary Cole. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So Cashman always had a, a thing for him. Yep. Yep. All right. That will wrap up baseball. As I know, Dave is very happy about it. He's just thinking, will you guys stop already? And we, we will, Dave. We will. Larry Schmelrose is here tonight. We'll talk a little hockey. Larry, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Mike? Ah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm awake. Um, all right. But we wanted to hold a spot for you here because we got to talk a little hockey uh, we got to talk uh, about oh, this. Before we talk hockey, oh, go though, I got to ask: Have I, I know I know Schmelos, you, you know you're not a baseball aficionado or anything up there in in Canada, up in Saskatchewan. But have you heard anything about Degrom? You got any thoughts about Degrom's type of season? Kicking the question to Dave as well, so I didn't really know if we got a response from Dave on that. But I really want to feel: What do you guys think about the season Degrom's having, and knowing that he's injured? And kind of playing this well through the injury, it's it's kind of crazy. Well, can we can we clarify that? I don't know if it's really injury so much as just regular soreness that he's not really being allowed to, you know, get rid of. Because I think he's pushing himself too hard. That that's my distinction there. I apologize if it's a small one, but I just want to make sure we're clear on that. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I've heard of it, and I think it's nothing short of impressive. I'm well aware of what a .5 ERA means. So, yeah, no, it's definitely um, quote-unquote history in the making, for lack of a better phrase. If it, now, now, knowing you're not a baseball guy, if, say, later in the year we get to August and September and he is still throwing it near a, under, under a one ERA, is that something that would intrigue you? to actually tune into a Met game when he is pitching. And the same question to, to Schmel Rose as well. And, you know, um, but, yeah, if you want to start, Dave. I mean, look, if I had cable, I'd say yes. But am I going to go to a bar <laughs> to watch it? No. Mm. 
His starts are a lot of fun. I will say that. What about you there up in Saskatchewan? You have you heard of uh, Mr. Degrom and his .5 ERA? And does it interest you at all later in the season if he's making this kind of historic run? Say by the time we get to S- September, eh? Ah, uh, no, no, don't know nothing about it. I was interested more about the sticky stuff you guys were talking about. Everybody loves sticky stuff. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Now, let me ask you about the sticky stuff. Do they use that in hockey to hold on to the sticks? Nah, some of the sticks are made with grip. I think more so than some than others. But, uh, I don't know, you put tape on the stick, I guess, but it's not really grippy. Um, but with this, with the sticky ball stuff, I, you know, I don't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about that, and I came in halfway through your guys' thing. But, um, you know, I was wondering, do they still, like, toss it around the infield in between, like, plays and stuff like that in baseball? They do. They do. Um, do you think that they would uh, – because now anyone in the field could possibly stick sticky stuff to a ball, uh, do you believe that they would maybe, you know, outlaw that, which would also maybe help to speed up a little bit of the game? No, I don't think they would outlaw that, but at the same time, I do see where you're coming from, that they do whip it around the horn. If anything, it would really be the third baseman because he'd be the last one to touch it. Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think more pitcher, catcher, but I, I don't think it's going to be used that much because, again, the balls, the umpires pick up the balls and get rid of balls and everything else, and you're going to feel yeah. one eventually that's got some sticky stuff on it, and you're going to know something's up. So, sure. like – it's kind of like you're going to get caught eventually. So, you know, they're just checking the main sources, but again, it's more vanity than it is anything else to be like, Hey guys, look, we input this new rule and look, it's, it's working so well. 100% of the pitchers are abiding by it. Man, like, you know, it's all happy bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. You know, if the players stopped using it, great, but we'll see if it actually leads to the results they want, which is more hitting. And that's what they want. They want more hitting. They want averages up. They don't necessarily want home runs as much up. They want averages up because they need mm. they need more hitters. Right now, there's still nobody hit, really hitting over 300. And as good as the Yankees have been lately, they don't even have a 300 hit on their entire team right now. I think Judge is top at 280. Sanchez, Sanchez supposedly is hitting over 300 for like the last week or two, though, from what I heard. Not that it's yeah, first but he season. Was batting but... under 200 for the first month and a half. No, that's that's it's usual storage. for him, though. So, I mean, yeah, his average is up to, like, 230. Like, wow. You know, I'm hoping he keeps going because maybe he'll get to 250. That'd be amazing. Mm. <laughs> That'd be amazing for Sanchez. And then they should trade him. Well, he has a little <laughs> bit of value back. If they were smart. But I Beautiful. don't think they are. Mm. But I don't and, think and, they are. And no disrespect on the the ground question. That's just because I haven't. Uh, I mean, I've had having enough trouble catching as many hockey minutes as I can. Oh sure. Uh, let alone being able to pay attention to that, you know, sport all the way down there. Well, that's uh, why I said. Listen, hockey, that's why I said like, in September. Done? Yeah, let's get to the Islanders here because they are down three games to two to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and last night they got the shit kicked out of them. I think it was it was Eric or Dave. I can't remember which one of you eight. guys saying it was basically a football score. It was eight to yeah, nothing. Eight nothing. Yeah. So yeah, Schmelrose, take it away. Is that it for uh, him? Uh, I. It's tough to bounce back from that, but as a as a Islander player or fan, you would have to hope that they kind of blew their load in that game, uh, and you're going to be able to shut them down. But I turned that game on late, and late wasn't too too far into that game. I mean, at three, nothing you knew, uh, it was just over. It felt over Tampa had a beat on them. They were, they had a jump on them. They were beating them to every puck. They were hitting lanes. They were moving the puck quick. They were, they were scoring a lot of goals. Um, I think when they pulled Varlam off, it was like, he basically told him get some rest because you got to be ready for the next game. Uh, when he got to the bench and in his back of his mind, he's praying maybe Sorokin has a game and they come out somehow win four to three and Sorokin makes 40 some odd saves. Uh, but we all knew it wasn't going to happen. I think a big part of it was uh, you had a guy like Stamkos on a drought and you're still winning games. And then all of a sudden he starts burying the puck, gets the rest of the team fired up, you know, big locker room guy. Uh, so, I mean, they took off. I don't think they're done. I think they can go back and win in the Coliseum. It's a great atmosphere there. 
Uh, so I don't necessarily think that they're done, but obviously they have to win the next game. And I think they're well, going to have to put up some goals to do it too. Well, let me just tell you this though. In the last two seasons, Tampa Bay has not lost back-to-back playoff games at all to anyone. Hey man, every time they, every time they've lost a game, they followed it up with a win. So, and I mean, they lost that other game. They come back with an eight-nothing win. I just have a hard time believing that if they lose at the Coliseum, that they're going to go home to Tampa. And I'll be be honest with you, Tampa's got a pretty good crowd down there for the Lightning. Um, they they're really into it down there, and they get a good crowd. So, I, I honestly think if it goes back down to Tampa, there's no chance in hell they're winning in Game Seven down there. So, I that that's just my opinion because I, I just think right now. They're starting to click. They could win in the Coliseum, and maybe they win a close one in the Coliseum, but I, I don't think they have any chance in the game seven. I mean, it's I like I'm saying, I think it's slim that the Islanders get on to the next round right now, but I can't count them out yet. You know, they have to get it to game seven, and then you don't know. You know, how many times have you seen it where, you know, you're watching a game, they say these guys ain't lost back-to-back, and then it's a pivotal one, a game seven, an elimination, and they get knocked out. It's happened – how many times over your decades of being a sports fan? So I don't know. I just feel like the Islanders have something there. I feel like uh, they tried to sit back a little bit last game early and burnt them too much. Uh, they have a solid four check when they put it on. So like I said, you get to game seven and anything is possible there. So, I mean, it's slim, but I can't fully count them out just yet. All right. And what do you think about the other series, Canadians and Vegas? They're playing tonight, I believe. They're all tied up at two, right? They are, and uh, it sounds like, from what I've heard, unless something's changed, uh, an article that I didn't see, that they're going back to Flurry um, tonight, Vegas is. So, um, I mean, like I said, I was a little bit surprised about them putting them in last game. Uh, I know Laner's a great goalie. I love his story more than anybody. Uh, you know, he was, had a bad addiction, and he came out of it, and he came back, played really well, got himself on some good teams. But uh, flurry has been really good. Yeah, he made a lazy play. A lot of people think he bobbled the puck behind the net, but he was trying to make some weird backhand pass around the boards, and he made a mistake. It was some lazy showboaty crap. That's why he got benched. Uh, if it was an honest bobble of the puck, uh, he probably would have been in last game. But it was some weird pass that he tried to make that went off the inside of his heel and bounced out front. They tied it, and they went in with momentum. So I think it was more of a punishment uh, because of what he did. Like, don't be cocky. You know, they, they've been a little cocky going into this series. Everybody's been cocky against the Canadians for some reason, and they keep shutting everybody up. So I think it's going to be really good to the end. Um, I do think Vegas is the better team, but you never know. You can't count them out right now, Montreal, because they just keep finding ways to win games. And Perry's a gamer. Like, you just know when that guy's on the ice, cuts his nose open, comes back out, hugs everybody. But before that, like, you just – when he's on the ice and he's got the puck, he drives the play, you can tell. It's fun to watch. All right. Do we have anything else? For, well, yeah, uh, no, because I, I did okay. want to throw in there, though, that I think they didn't have as much of an issue going with the backup. Uh, Laner, is it? Or Laner? Laner. Not sure. Laner. They didn't have as much of a problem because they had the best goaltending all season, whether it was Flurry or whether it was him. They, they let up the least amount of goals of any team this season. So I don't, I don't feel like they, they – like, as much as, yes, they kind of weren't sure what, you know – um, they were going to do, they, it was the right move because you have two great goaltenders. Well, and here's the thing too, DeBoer could have said, Hey, listen, you know, flurry has been playing a lot. He's a little uh, tired. So we're going to give Laner the next game and they could have left it at that. But he actually said that part of the reason he sat him was the punishment. And I agree with you. They did have great goaltending, but for me, uh, once you get to that semifinal round or the conference final round, whatever you want to call it, um, you just, it's hard not to stick with your gun. Uh, the guy who got you there, he only let up what two goals the game before. It's not like he played bad. He made a very bad decision. And I think ultimately what bought him the bench was that he was lazy about it. And the reason why DeBoer was able to do it so confidently is because he has such a great backup in Laner. And to extend a little bit, you know, Laner had injuries earlier in his career. He became addicted to opiates. 
and he came back and I believe he played really well for uh, the Islanders for a stint. Um, and then they just weren't able to work out a contract or whatever had happened. Maybe he got traded. I can't remember the exact details of that. But uh, he came back out of rehab and, and he got over all that stuff. So he's a guy I root for. And I love to see that guy between the pipes and win the cup. You know, it's a great story. But, um, you know, it sounds like they're going back to Flurry tonight, which also is not a bad move. But you're right. They had the best goaltending in the league. That's why they're so – it'll be so confident to go over there. But it still surprises me with the way the game is to, that they do that this late in the playoffs. You just It's not something that I saw a lot growing up, and you see maybe a little bit more these days than you used to looking for somebody to get hot. You know, I think Bennington from the blues really, really set that one off. Um, and people do it are willing to do it a little bit more to see if they can grab a hot goalie for a short period of time, get them through a few games. Hmm. All right. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else, but if not, um, I think we'll move on from that, but it should be very interesting to see how these series end. And I know we're all looking forward to the Stanley Cup because this is any indication. I think it would be a very good Stanley Cup regardless of who gets there. So, Shabal Rose, you got any last words? Yeah, I just hope there's no more eight-nothing games. And, I mean, in a perfect <laughs> world, both both series go to game seven. You know, triple mm-hmm. overtime. Now, let me yeah, ask well, you something. Who do you think that will benefit? Because, obviously, if there's a game seven with the Islanders-Lightning series – Whoever wins that is going to have a couple extra days rest over the the uh, the Canadians and the Vegas series. Who do you think something like that benefits in hockey? Because I know a lot of times in the other sports, team that has a decent amount of rest has to worry about the team that finishes closer to when the championship series starts. They have the momentum. You know, you, you you have all the momentum after you win your series and then you have to sit out for an extended period of time. can be hard for teams to get back into that train of thought. What do you think? I think that played a big role in the Montreal-Winnipeg series because um, mm-hmm. Winnipeg's had so long wait for them. But I don't think um, that in the next series it's really going to play a role, maybe for a half a period. But um, Stanley Cup Finals, uh, whether a guy has two more days rest or not, uh, it'll all depend on who's banged up and if that gets somebody back in the lineup, uh, you know, those extra couple days or whatnot. But I don't really think uh, it's going to make that much of a difference as far as momentum rest or anything like that. Okay. All right. Any last words, Larry Schmelrose? Uh Go hockey. Starts at 9 o'clock Eastern tonight. Uh, have fun. Watch the game. Beautiful. Hey, man, thanks a lot, Schmelrose. No problem. It's baby daddy time. Yep. He'll have fun with that. All right. I know you guys want to get out of here. Once again, I apologize for the late start here. Um, you guys know that's not intentional. You know I feel horribly about that, so I'm, I'm just sorry. Um, but do you guys have anything else you'd like to bring up? Dave, Eric, did I get cut off again? No, no, I was going to give it to Dave first. Um, Honestly, no. Uh, I didn't watch the second episode of Loki yet, so still out on that one. It's Uh, pretty good. So I'm behind there. Um, NFL was pretty quiet this week, so I got nothing there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great golf tournament this past weekend. I can't remember his name, but dude nailed the like, John Rom. I was just going to bring it up if you didn't do it, John Rom. All right. Well, I I, I can't, yeah, I can't remember the details of it. So I'll let you do that because that was the last sport thought I had. So I'll let you do that. He had a couple of, yeah, real quick. It's nothing big, I don't think, but he, a couple weeks ago, he, uh, he was in the tournament, was leading by a whole bunch of strokes, was probably going to win the tournament. And all of a sudden they came up to him on the course. And gave him the news that he tested positive for COVID and had to get removed from the tournament and never got the win. Um, so it was kind of devastating because, like, he really wanted the win. And to come back a few weeks later and, and win this tournament, to be the first Spanish person ever to win this tournament um, was really something special for him. It's, like, really the tournament that he, he says he cared the most about winning because – 
you know, nobody from Spain had ever won this before. And, you know, whether, you know, he'd done it, you know, even though Sergio got close, I think a couple of times never did it. Um, so yeah, it was just special. So it was really cool. And I, I'm glad you mentioned it, Dave, cause that's where I was going to go to. Um, you know that, yeah, I, I would actually watch some of that and watch that final round, um, this weekend. So yeah, I thought that was cool. All right. Not going to lie. Louis you guys know. And crashed though. I'll tell you that I did watch it. And I mean, he probably should have won it. He, he collapsed. Huh. Louis Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so anyway, I, I, I mean, I was being nicer than that. All I was gonna say is, I if it's not Kepka or DeChambeau or someone whose name we've heard before, DeChambeau's I, I, a bitch. Can we just say that you want to talk about uh, about uh, Colby and a bitch? DeChambeau is the biggest bitch. He, okay. I mean, he tried to get fans kicked out of the uh, kicked out of the event for heckling him. I heard yeah, that because people were talking mean to me. Me, me, me. These they were making fun of him because he did something stupid. I mean, I don't remember the exact story off the top of my head right now. I'd have to refresh my memory, but I just remember thinking, "Man, what a bitch!" Like, I, I hope he loses. <laughs> like, I am not a fan of at all. Oh, uh, so I don't know what the beef is necessarily between him and Kepka, but I guess I'm Team Kepka here because I, I got to tell you, I am not. I'm not a fan of Shambo. And I, I got to be honest, I, I really only know their names and that they don't like each other. And other than that, I don't know about the feud be, to be able to talk intelligently about it. So, Dave, you got any thoughts on that? No, nah, man, I, I'm good. I just wanted to recognize the crazy putt on 18 to win the tournament. That was great. Nuts. Mm. All right. He was great down the stretch, though, <laughs> and that's where Ustazen fell down the stretch. one point, Ustazen was six under, and he collapsed. Hitting a putt like he hit by yourself with nobody else watching is already ridiculously hard. To do it on a Sunday when you're tied for the lead and a chance to take the lead on the 18th hole with people standing there. I mean, oh my, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I didn't know Mickelson was such a big fan of his. Mickelson, I guess, apparently, like, loves this kid, Rom, and thinks he's going to be, like, a world's number one player one day. I don't, well, I don't know why. Well, let's, that's, let's that's the way it, he feels. It, well, to bring the show for full circle, Ben Simmons has a better chance to hit a free throw than that guy had to make that putt. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's, that's interesting. I will say to redeem myself Sports a little bit. I've I've always liked Phil Mickelson. I've always liked Lefty. Lefty seemed like a good good dude. Anyway, you got anything else, Eric? No, I mean just uh, enjoy everything. No, that was the last thing I was going to mention, which was uh, the golf from the weekend. So that's all I really have for you. At some point, and I don't know if tonight's the night to do it because I know you guys want to get out of here. But uh, I, we're we got to bring watching the wire, Mike. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. <laughs> At some point, we will still not do it. Oh my! God. I was not what I was going to bring up. I was saving this, but you know something, Eric, go fuck yourself. That was not what I was going to say, but. Uh, I, I will say this with the Wire theme song playing in the background. Uh, at some point, I do want to bring up uh, the China documentary that was on Vice last week. Eric, it wasn't a hit piece, but it was a very well done, very sad story about the life of China. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. Not yet, but that is one. If it's not super hit piece I'll, I'll watch it. No, nah, it's definitely not a hit piece, but at the same token, it didn't. You guys can hear this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it's not a hit piece, but they definitely didn't pull any punches. She had a lot of problems. She had her own addictions, her own battles with depression. And unfortunately, the last year of her life, she was not hanging around with a good crowd that was really looking out for her best interests. So they didn't help anything. 
Well, to avoid us getting in trouble, let's once again recognize the fact that that's the theme song to The Wire. We have no right <laughs> to that song. Yeah. Any money made should go to them for that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They could take, they could, take the 15 cents. It's okay. It's all right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Our donation to The Wire, since we mentioned them so much. You, you you don't mention him. You don't mention him in a nice way. Every time you do it, I just want to be like, "Will you stop? Stop! That's not that's that's not right." Newsroom, great show though. Even though I tell you this, if you guys, I could see you guys liking the newsroom a little bit more than the wire. If you guys do watch it and you only watch the first season, I don't blame you. What else say? All right, that'll do it for us here tonight. Dave Hastings, Eric Tressler, thank you both for being with me here Stay as sweaty, always. Stay sweaty. Stay sweaty, Eric Tressler. Thank you to everybody listening to us on all our podcast outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Eric Tressler just said his last words. Dave Hastings, how about you say your final thoughts, my friend? Next time I talk to you guys will be the last time I will ever be 35 years old. So, Cheers. When's your birthday? The day after the show next week. Oh, nice, nice. We got a little birthday episode next week. Beautiful. Beautiful. Cheers. I'll warm up my vocalizer and maybe sing you a tune. Oh, please. I will not come on the show if that's a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I'm just here. I'm just here. So with that, thank you both for being here with uh, with me as always. I am Mike Agliloro. Thank you once again, everybody, for listening. We will see y'all next week.